This week's lesson is an introduction into the sports management industry. So when you think of sport management, think of the business side of sports. It's basically everything that takes place outside the actual competition. So what do sport managers do? You'll find that there are a lot of opportunities to work in the sports industry without being an athlete or a coach or an owner. There's the front office management. There's athletic administration. There's broadcasting and media, communications, obviously coaching. There's marketing, advertising, event management, strength and conditioning, equipment, facility management, program management, licensing and memorabilia, operations, talent management, philanthropy, statistics, historians, and of course the medical team. So pretty much any career path you want to pursue, you can probably find some component of it in the sports industry. like to talk about sportsmanship for a moment. So according to Merriam-Webster, sportsmanship is conduct becoming to one participating in a sport. It consists of fairness, respect for one's opponent, and graciousness in winning or losing. So how big is the sports industry? As of 2014, the industry itself was worth $60.5 billion in North America, according to Forbes magazine. It was expected to reach $73.5 billion by 2019. Sports media rights expected to rise from $14.6 billion to $20.6 billion by 2019. And media rights are expected to exceed gate sales, which are ticket sales, as the number one source of revenue. Now this information was gathered in 2015. I am waiting to get updated information and updated numbers, but the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic kind of threw a wrench into the planning and overall scope of the industry. So we're waiting for updated revenue and information to come out according to reputable sources. Right, so what does it cost to attend a sporting event? According to CNBC, the average 2016 cost to attend a National Football League game for a family of four was $502.84. So that amount includes four tickets, two small draft beers, four small soft drinks, four hot dogs, parking, and two cheap hats. So that compares with $363.58 for the National Hockey League, $339.02 for a National Basketball Association game, and $219.53 for a Major League Baseball game. And I refer you back to the presentation in Brightspace for any links to sources for the content listed in this lecture. All right, so what does it cost to operate in the sports industry? So the NFL administration, as of 2013,
was estimated to cost $97,625,584 to operate for that year. Equipment per NFL player is estimated to be between $1,100 and $1,200. And NFL team expenses are ex- estimated to be around $65 million $353,000 for the Green Bay Packers in 2017. And the NCAA, as of 2011 and 2012, and yes, I realize that's a little outdated, their estimated cost to operate 2011 to 2012 was $800 million. All right, so how or why is sport management different than in? other industries. For one, it's often misunderstood or misinterpreted. There's no guaranteed outcome. It has the ability to affect social change unlike other industries. And it can also be consumed by millions simultaneously. So let's go back to that first point. It's often misunderstood or misinterpreted. Several people think of the actual competition itself as the representation of sports in the industry. They see world-class talent in the players and the coaches. They see multi-million dollar contracts. But it's a lot like other industries in the fact that it's a business just like everything else. There's a marketing department. There are administrative assistants. There's a janitorial staff. There's There are also people who work in the lunchroom and a large portion of the staff that makes up a sports organization are going to be game day, seasonal, or possibly um, event-related staff. So it might be a lot of temporary positions leaving very few permanent full-time positions to come available. There's also no guaranteed outcome. So no matter how well you do your job, you can't necessarily predict what's gonna happen on the field that can be out of your control so you can't necessarily say that you can guarantee when somebody buys a ticket that their preferred team is going to win the competition it also has the ability to affect social change unlike other industries sports fans are very loyal and they can interact in cross-social barriers based on that team loyalty, based on experiencing an event together. And by saying that it can be consumed by millions simultaneously, most consumer products, one consumer uses one product at a time. Now, it might be shared from time to time, but sports are consumed. The, The game, the competition, the event is the product. And that does get consumed by millions all at the same time. And kind of on the flip side of that, every single person who experiences that event may very well have their own unique personal experience. All right, some of the key stakeholders that we're going to be talking about and reading about throughout the course include ownership and investors might be officials and referees might be a governing body like a league 
the fans, the ticket holders, the vendors, the athletes, coaches, employees, the media, strategic partners or sponsors, youth, students, historians, and communities at large. So all of these different groups of people have a stake in the industry. Now, some of the challenges that these stakeholders may encounter working in this industry is simply the unpredictability of the industry. Like I mentioned before, you cannot guarantee an outcome, so you can do your best and plan as well as can be expected, but you can't necessarily predict the outcome. So the unpredictability is something that people need to be able to manage on the fly as it arises. You're also gonna be subject to performance outcomes. So whether or not a team wins a certain number of games or an individual wins a championships or makes it to the playoffs, or makes it to some other level of competition may impact your job. It may impact your earnings. It may impact your opportunity for professional development and several different things that may be beyond your control. Working in the sports industry is also very sensitive to perception. It's not always what it is, it's what it seems. So you've got to be aware of the perception of all of those key stakeholders as well as the facts at hand. You also need to be aware of the physicality of working in the sports industry. There are a lot of different ways to be involved, but for the most part, it's hard to really be that engaged if you're not physically present and there. And working in these conditions, whether it be outdoors or inside, there are certain physical expectations that you may need to meet in order to perform jobs in the industry. There's also a lot of liability associated with the sports industry because whether you're working as staff or a fan or an athlete, there is an opportunity for injury. It's exposing yourself to circumstances and situations, and there are different ways that these organizations can be held liable for engagement at different levels. You're also typically working at a very large scale event. Some may be limited. If you're working with youth sports, you may have a much smaller crowd attending their games or their practices. But once you start getting into bigger markets and bigger arenas and more exposure, especially in terms of media awareness, you're looking at very large scale events. And there are a lot of people and a lot of stakeholders who are going to be impacted by the events taking place. As I mentioned, you can see that there are some very high operating costs associated with the industry. So it's not all millionaire athletes and millionaire coaches. It's purchasing land, it's building facilities, it's the electric bills to turn the lights on and to heat and to air condition those, to upgrade infrastructure such as networks or parking structures. Um, there are a lot of people involved in 
these operations. So there are a lot of salaries to consider at every different level. You've also got to be able to maintain your skill levels. Just as athletes need to maintain theirs, the staff and employees are expected to stay current with skills and abilities, new technology, new theories, new practices, maybe relating back to some case studies of what other organizations have done. But you're always going to be held to a competitive standard, so it's important to maintain your skill levels. And it's also tends to be cyclical in nature. So a lot of jobs and opportunities are going to come around once a season. So you have one season to make it through, do things, and then it starts all over again the next season. So it's important to be able to understand the rhythm of that when hiring takes place, when training takes place, what are the busy times of the year? Are there any slow times or off seasons? What needs to be done during those times that you can be prepared for when the season starts? So it's very cyclical. So you do your best and you make it through one season and then you start over and do it all again. Right? The sports industry also has a lot of different opportunities. So as I just mentioned, the cyclical nature of it, every event and season is a chance to start over. Once an event finishes, it's done. It's in the history books. It's over. You don't get a chance to do it again. So every time you start a new event, every time you start a new season, it's a chance to start over and improve over what you've done before. There's always going to be fresh talent. So that's why it's important to maintain those skill levels because there's always going to be somebody coming in behind you who may have learned something new or something differently than you have learned it or that you've experienced it in your past. So always be on the lookout for that new fresh talent. There's also new technology. There's maybe social change. So again, going with that perspective or that impact on the community, how has social change affected how you operate or how you're going to proceed and move forward. You're always going to be looking for strategic partnerships. What other companies, industries, organizations, or people are out there that can help you and your organization achieve their strategic goals? How can those businesses and what they offer help you achieve what you're trying to accomplish? And then also the scale of the audience. You can make a large impact by simply reaching those millions of people at a time. So you don't have to necessarily go word by, uh, by word of mouth or one person telling the next. You can always post it on social media and reach all of your followers at once. Sharing across different platforms multiplies the size of your audience exponentially. So those are all different opportunities um, that you're going to want to be able to leverage in the best interests of the organization in order to make them work for you.